just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. And it's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. Oh, I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to be the shit. Car to throw. Wants to go deep. He's got Shahid out there. He's got it. And Shahid in for the touchdown. 58 yards to give New Orleans the lead. And it's Spring Shahid. Absolute dime for Derek Carr. There are two players in the league that average over 15 miles per hour. Time. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media, presented by AGI Specialty Valves and Zapardo's Family Market. I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-host, Allison Pratt. No Sean tonight, no Bryce, or maybe Bryce. No one will ever know because he's never said anything on the podcast. Um, but the Saints won, dude. They beat the shit out of the Colts, 38-27. to 27. They're 4-4. Four and four. We went, in the span of seven days, we went from, like, predicting the downfall of the franchise to now being tied for first place in the NFC South. So it's always good to win, but Allison, I have a feeling we're of similar mind in terms of like where this leaves the team um, in, in, in terms of like the, the big picture and then the immediate future of this season. But uh what what was what was bs about this game to you allison see now that's some bullshit i have some bs thoughts in that all week we were as you alluded to writing this team off (laughs) ready to just move on and then they give us the sort of exciting offensive firepower we've been looking for to the point that i'm willing to like put aside the fact that the defense was a little bit of BS, which we can get into at a different point. Yeah, we had, five, we had 511 <laughs> yards of offense. It after... was the first time <laughs> since 2018 that we had three straight games of at least 400 yards of offense. Yeah. And that should not be discounted at all. And I think my, my favorite stat that we've said a bunch of times in Bryce or not Bryce has always reminded us that, the Saints are 17 and one when Taysom Hill carries the ball at least seven times. Right. He looked great. The blocking looked great. Kamara looked great. Shahid and Tyreek Hill are the only two wide receivers in the NFL averaging over 15 miles per hour when they run the ball or like run on a right. route, I should say. Um, he had the Randy Moss stat line. <laughs> Just like all of the things that we thought the team was capable of they did on offense on like all sides of the ball right um and we overcame like stupid pi like dumb stuff on defense like it was sort of like the saints of yore in that way that like we had to score 35 points to win and we did um and so i didn't answer your question about what was bs i honestly think the defense was bs and then i also think that like my feelings on the season are BS because <laughs> I was really ready to just be like, I'm fucking done with P. Carmichael. Like this offense is trash. Like, and it's not trash. And like, 
I've heard this on some more like national media speculation on the Saints because the Saints were the favorite coming in to win the division in like a what is definitively garbage division, which we can get into later. That Derek Carr like takes a year to like settle into an offensive, a new offensive scheme. And so like hopefully he's just like ahead of that curve and like we're redeem the season, Um, particularly when the next closest good team in our division, in my opinion, is the Falcons. And they're in the midst of, you know, they did bench Desmond Ritter, which I think is bad for us, good uh, for them. (laughs) Truly an incredible turn of circumstances. As Arthur Smith, their head coach, uh, referred to people calling for Ritter's head as participating in toxic groupthink, which is like (laughs) the dumbest piece of coach speak I've ever heard. And then like two days later, he, he benched him. He just benched him. And like in the game was like, no, it was injury. But then like this week was like, yeah, no, Heineke is starting. (laughs) But like either way, they're the actual only threat in my opinion. I I think the Bucks will just deteriorate and our loss to them was infuriating. Yeah. Um, I think they sacrificed their life force in order to beat us. And now they've just completely, uh, they've collapsed upon themselves. But the game was, it was a positive and like, I'm hopeful that it just builds momentum, particularly going in this week against Chicago, a team that is bad. Yeah. Chicago is, um, they're going to be playing Tyson Bajant or whatever the (laughs) fuck his name is. And Bilbo Bajant. D2 quarterback who had like one moment of glory and then like shit the bed on Sunday night football. Like it should set up for like a nice momentum. Then we go, we play the Vikings without Kirk cousins. Like there's a lot of good momentum that can be built for us coming off of like a bit of a win. Not a statement win would be very generous. However, people were counting the, Colts as like frisky and like in the hunt for the AFC South and we did win the game and like yeah it was Minshew and not Richardson but he's a bona fide like back quarterback who has started before like it's not a shitty win it was yeah. a good win yeah the the Colts have talent and they have a good offense they have a horrible defense um yeah which yeah so like I definitely agree with you in that maybe the biggest BS storyline from this game is that we don't know, like we're sort of like uh, between a rock and a hard place in terms of the future of the team. I I would be amazed. Like I said this last week, it would be amazing if Pete Carmichael suddenly like figured it out and the offense was good and we were good and we go to the playoffs. And if we play like we played against the Colts, that's going to happen we're going to win most of the remaining games on the schedule if we play like that, because we play a bunch of basement dwellers. Um, We almost exactly a year ago to the day uh, we beat the piss out of the Raiders, the Derek Carr led Raiders and looked perfect on offense. And then it was right back to being mediocre after that. So uh, (laughs) the, the, Bears game, it's going to be a huge test. Um, are we going to ping pong back and forth between being really good on offense and being anemic? 
are we going to hover around 500 or are we going to actually like take this season by the reins and go on a run? Um, and of course, if we do that, if we make the playoffs, even if we're hovering around 500 and win the division or sneak in as a wild card team, if that happens, we might be stuck with Pete Carmichael for years. Like they're not yeah. going to fire him. I think he would have to step down on his own at that point. And maybe he will. Like I, that wouldn't surprise me. I have no sources indicating that this would happen but like maybe he just would get like i wouldn't blame him if he was fed up with like the discourse from the fans and the media um calling for his head um and that would be kind of a nice way to go out on top right you turn the offense around and then you ride off into the sunset after we lose in the first round of the playoffs to a real team but um yeah i i don't know i i we have no way of knowing what team is going to show up against the bears um, in a couple days. And, but I have to admit like from a long-term view on the season, like not just like right now, like I'm feeling like the NFC is a bit more wide open than it felt even two weeks ago. I would agree with that. Uh, The Eagles look like they're starting to figure it out. Maybe the Cowboys are starting to figure it out, but the 49ers, who looked unbeatable a month ago, have lost three in a row. I mean, they only have one more win than the Saints do at this point, which is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> like, and like Brock Purdy's looking like a system QB. Their defense is suddenly paltry. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, like Debo Samuel and Trent Williams shouldn't make that big of an impact for them to be like, checked into the Super Bowl to losing three in a row to like two mediocre teams and then the Bengals who you could argue are mediocre (laughs) yeah and the Bengals uh they won pretty handily um you know that game was in Cincinnati and Joe Burrow looks like he's healthy now but they uh they handled the 49ers they made them look pretty silly um of course Christian McCaffrey still came through for my fantasy team, which was nice. Um, Okay. So one other, and while we're on the topic of the saints offense, like one other thing I think was BS about the Colts win is something is like, I feel like there's just no doubt now that something is wrong with Chris Olave. Yeah. He looks like the third best receiver on the team. Well, he looks like he's not trying. Yeah. He looks like he's loafing. He looks like he, uh like just doesn't care he's out of sync with Carr. i mean it's it's pretty obvious that something is wrong with him well and they aren't they like tipping yeah well on the sideline there was the, the now infamous um route that he gave up on against the jaguars where yeah. Carr got caught on a jaguars player microphone yelling at him to run um and uh, this was something that was brought up. Um, I think it was on a fantasy football podcast. I can't remember if it was that or, or Saints Happy Hour, but if you watch like the the Derek Carr mic'd up segments throughout the season, when he's looking for a deep ball, he's asking for Rashid Shaheed. He's not yeah. asking for Olave. Um, they're trying to feed Olave, but it, uh, for whatever reason, it's just not working and. Unfortunately, this is one prediction I had that so far has come true is that he's regressed. And I, I have no idea why 
Like, I don't know what the disconnect is. I would love to hear the tea. I would, somebody needs to find out what's going on. Um, yeah. We're lucky that we have guys like Michael Thomas and Shahid that can pick up the slack because if this was an injury riddled receiver core or, you know, then it would be disastrous. Like we, we couldn't be relying on a guy like Olave right now with the season on the brink. Which is what we did last year. Like, like yeah, maybe he feeds off of that. Like, I don't know, but it's just so interesting because like, I felt like Michael Thomas had like diva watch potential, but like feeling like Olave might just have a little bit of diva in him. Yeah, it, like diva in like a quiet way, like like a petulant. He seems a, yeah. like less less uh, outspoken and more petulant. Maybe if we had to diagnose it from a bird's eye view. Um, and Michael Thomas really seems like a leader in the locker fine. room. Yeah. yeah, and he's fine with doing what needs to be done. Yeah, to win the the ball that would have been a walk in touchdown for Shahid that bounced or for for Olave that bounced off of his helmet i mean that's always love him up and give him some positive feedback second and 6 carl step into the pocket floats it out he's got olave and he can't pull it in oh it was a sure 6 for number 12 slam on the brakes and i think he got this caught in the lights and just didn't quite get it turned around Oh, he must have lost it. That's a pretty like inexcusable play. An NFL receiver should you should be running every single route a hundred percent and assume that the ball is going to be thrown to you. And he clearly wasn't ready for the throw. <laughs> like Sean Payton would have absolutely eaten him alive. Yeah. Had this been a Payton team. But it's not. Um I, I agree with you that I, I'm also worried about the defense. I think the defense is playing at an unsustainable level because we have no pass rush. Yeah. We only have 15 sacks on the season through eight games. That's pretty bad. I don't know where it ranks in the NFL, but it's got to be close to the bottom. And the trade deadline came and went this week, and the uh, Washington Commanders were having a fire sale on their very talented defensive line, and we uh, didn't make a move for any of those guys. Chase Young goes to the 49ers. Montez Sweat goes to the Bears, where I'm sure he will feast upon our banged-up offensive line on Sunday. Um, oh, the Pelicans just won. Um, yeah, like, I, if we can't get after the quarterback, I worry that down the road when we start playing some better offensive lines like the Lions that we're going to get um, – shredded by these quarterbacks that just have forever to sit back there and, and throw. Um, okay. So what was not BS about this game? Um, I'm going to have to say like our offensive line. The O-line did look pretty good considering because all the injuries. they were BS most of the rest of the week. Yeah. And it allowed us to be a little bit more creative and like a little bit more, like I just feel like because they were so bad for many weeks, we had to be one note 
or like at least the defense could play us one note because like we didn't have that much versatility when like right. you don't have great blocking um and Derek Carr's shit under pressure and we're actually able to give him a little bit more time and then also provide good blocking on running and Kamara was looking like he was feeding off of that like every one run that he would get where he had good blocking like he'd have another one that was like better um and same thing with Taysom and it was just like sort of like a quicksand effect in like a positive way um, yeah. so I'm hoping that that's not dissimilar to like the offense in total like something that they can continue to build on and like have confidence from because that was like again like we know I didn't watch the Jaguars game but it felt like that was like a chasing the points coming from behind less run game building victory where like this I felt like we like set it up had it like Kamara had that initial touchdown and then like we just built on it um and that's what opened up the passing game later so I'm hoping that's something we can like stick to yeah I feel good about that yeah, you That's said it earlier, happens. you know, we're 17-1 and one when Taysom carries the ball how many times a game? Seven times? Seven. Which is not a lot of carries no. in the grand scheme of things. Uh, you know, Kamara had an interesting quote. He referred to the Taysom power plays as our version of the tush push. You, the eagle, the, the now infamous eagles tush push. Like, you just know it's coming and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And this is like old school football 101. If your offensive line plays well and you can run the football, you're going to control the clock. You're going to control the pace of the game. You're going to keep the defense on their heels. They're not going to know what's coming because they have to respect the run and the pass. So running the football is the key to like, it's always been the key to winning. And if you run for 160 yards every week, then this is going to be a pretty good team we ostensibly should be able to do that against the bears, but. And like, it is the antithesis of the game, like four weeks ago where Alvin Kamara had like 13 receptions and 30 yards where we're just like checking down behind the line of scrimmage and like getting tackled. Like it's like a fake running game that every other defense was seeing right through. Yeah. Yeah, you need to you need to be able to push the ball down the field too. Like when when you're just checking down to Camara every play, like people are going to be hanging around near the line of scrimmage, and that's not good in the running game or the passing game. Um, if you're just not going to throw it downfield. Yeah. Okay, shall we make some predictions about the Bears game? Yeah. Let me look up the line here. Minus eight and a half. We're eight and a half home favorites. I feel like the Bears will probably cover that spread. This game is set up for the Saints to absolutely crush the Bears. And their offense is riddled with injuries. Um, all their running backs are hurt. Justin Fields isn't playing. Yeah. Tyson Bilbo Bagent is uh a rookie backup quarterback, like he shouldn't be able to do anything against our defense. And yet, like I I just don't trust this team to play consistently well two weeks in a row. Like my my brain is telling me that this is a game that we should cover the spread. We should we should win this game like 34 to 17 or something like that. 
but my heart is telling me that we are going to like just lay an egg and the game will be a wet fart on offense and we'll all be disappointed. Well, it'll just be one of the same games we had earlier. Yeah. So I guess my official prediction is that we'll split the difference of those two viewpoints and we won't cover the spread. We'll, we'll win like 24 to 23. Yeah. You know, we'll like it. Touchdown. Yeah. Like we'll be, we'll be up by a lot for most of the game and then we'll let them back in late um, through some shenanigans, but we'll barely, uh, pardon my pun. We'll, we'll barely win the game. Um, do you agree? What do you think? I agree. I think we'll win by seven. But I think that will make it a huge imperative to continue to score more than 20 points. Yeah. I just think that we'll also give up 20 points. So it'll be like 30 to 21 or something. Yeah. I Part of me also thinks that we'll win against the Bears and we'll all be riding high and think that the Saints are back on track. Um, but something about this looming Vikings game in two weeks worries me. What? Why does it loom over you now without Kirk? I, well, it was it was going to be a tough game if Kirk Cousins. He was playing was MVP ball. Yeah, like he was playing pretty well, but we're going to end up facing Josh Dobbs, who was the Arizona Cardinals starter and didn't look terrible. I mean, the team is one in seven, but they were pretty competitive in all those games. I mean, they beat the shit out of the Cowboys. Um, and Do- well, the thing that scares me about Dobbs is that he's a mobile quarterback and we just don't guard the edge very well on defense. The Dennis yeah. Allen defenses have always struggled against quarterbacks that can run. And that game to me has like big time disappointment written all over it. Like we don't usually play well in Minnesota. Um, and I think Dobbs is going to make us look silly on defense. He's going to kill us by running the ball. I mean, that's how, that's how the Jags beat us. Trevor Lawrence had like 50 yards rushing. So I, I think we're going to end up beating the bears and losing to the Vikings and we'll be five and five going into our bye week And we'll be right where we are right now, not knowing what to expect from this team. Uh, Like the season will be on the brink of collapse, but we'll be like a game out, you know, a half a game out of first place in the division. So do you listen to part of my take? No, not really. So there's supposedly like a coin that somebody's flipping for like what the outcome of each Saints game will be. And right now the coin is undefeated. And the coin has us going 11 and six. (laughs) When was this coin flipped? They flipped it like when the schedule came out for every game. And so like heads was a win, whatever. Tails was a loss. And like we're four and four, but the coin has predicted our our record perfectly so far. Really? And they have us winning the next three weeks in a row, losing to the Lions. Yeah, I think we can all uh, 
we can just assume that that's going to be a loss. Um, but think- yeah, we play the Bears, the Vikings, we have a bye week, and then the last game in November is in Atlanta. And then I think the week after that, we play the Lions in New Orleans. Well, I'm trying to find this fucking coin. Because there was like a Jets coin last year that was also accurate. Maybe there's some weird voodoo magic to it. It's a it's like a crude etat doubloon that they're flipping. It's got some weird. There's some an weird article on Nola.com now. I'm embarrassed to admit that I have not read a Nola.com article, any sort of Nola.com article, in months and maybe even years. Now that it lives behind a paywall. Is it behind? It's letting me read this article. I bet you get a couple free and then they, they cut it off. I guess that happens to me with like New York stuff. Yeah. How ironic the former journalist refuses to support journalism. <laughs> okay. So the coin says the Saints will in the next five games. That includes beating the Giants. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, the Lions, and then they'll lose to the Giants, and then win their last two games before closing out the regular season with a loss to the Falcons, ending up 11 and six. Look, I, I'll take that. 11 and six sounds great. Well, it means we only lose two more times. Yeah, I mean that sounds awesome. As much as we bitch about the Dennis Allen regime and about Pete Carmichael, at the end of the day, I just want to have fun and I want to win. So yeah, I'll eat crow. If we go 11 and six and make the playoffs, we'll win the division at 11 and six for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So my, do we want to predict against the coin or just side with the coin? I, I feel like there's some weird black magic going on. We have to side with the coin. Yeah, we have to. I mean, I'm down. The coin has us winning a lot in a row. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. No. Um. Uh, okay, we should talk about because we haven't talked about it in a while. Dennis Allen's facial hair. You know, with that goatee, you kind of look like Satan. Um, we should talk about his facial hair. It's gone. Yeah, it it looks like he shaved it. Uh, he dyed his top head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Saints released. It felt like a targeted you know, PR thing. They released video of Dennis Allen giving a post-game speech in Indianapolis. And I don't know, maybe it's just that I've grown up and become cynical in my advancing age, but I just like, don't, I I find the locker room speeches to be really cringy these days. His was exceptionally cringy because he's, maybe it's my own, like cynical view of him. I just don't think he's believable as like this, like locker room guy. No, I, I want to like trying to prop up Camara. And I was like, I feel like Camara wants to like level. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, I would see that. Um, do you remember that video of Mark Ingram putting on like the, the, uh, like the giant padded suit and getting tackled by the police dog? No. We'll also, is he not that. in the NFL anymore? No, he's a commentator now. Yeah, he's. A, I saw him on like game day, and I was like, "Wait, is he just like 
on a bye week, but no, I guess he's not playing. No, he's out of the league. Um, After yeah, he ma- out of bounds in the fucking Bucks game, everyone's like, <laughs> "We shall not speak of that play." Um, I kind of I think it would be funny if we got to see Dennis Allen and, and Pete Carmichael do that, participate in like the police canine training where the dogs just like rip them to shreds. I would um, love to see Dennis Allen get ripped to shreds. It also annoyed me that every other sentence during his speech, he punctuated it by saying, like, are you with me? Are you with me? Like, I don't, is he sanitizing this speech because he knows he's being filmed? I wonder if uh, if the real locker room speeches that we don't get to see when there's no cameras around are actually, like, incredible. I'm sure they are, but I just couldn't stop looking at his hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, my color hair, and he <laughs> had gray hair. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, I think he went to Drew Brees' hair guy and got a dye job and maybe, you know, had some turf installed up there. Well, it's working. It's 1-0. Yeah. Look. We're going to go on this coin run. Yeah. To be looking young. He could look like Guy Fieri for all I care if he wins. It would be more entertaining than his normal, like, vanilla mayonnaise persona he's got to just keep shaving keep dying whatever works black and gold bs is brought to you by agi specialty valves the pump protection valve experts with over 35 years of experience agi specialty valves is the number one supplier of automatic recirculation valves for pump protection don't let preventable pump failures cost you Contact AGI Specialty Valves at 832-485-0003 or info at agivalves.com. Black and Gold BS is also brought to you by Zapardo's Family Market, the perfect blueprint for good ownership. They listen to their customers, make changes, and aren't afraid of a fire sale, unlike the ownership on Airline Drive. Zapardo's Family Markets. It makes a difference when the owners are there. A big difference. I used to go to Zapardo's as a kid. Yeah. Well, I Uh, haven't been since I was like 10. (laughs) (laughs) I've been in 23 years. (laughs) My mom goes. My mom goes. My family shops at Zapardo's. And you should. There you go. Um, I would if I lived in New Orleans. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Okay. The owners are there. (laughs) Yes. The owners are there. (laughs) Please go say hello. Hello? Please go say hello to the owners. (laughs) And buy a bunch of Bluebell ice cream. Yeah. Look, yeah. if I could buy Bluebell ice cream and some Pardos, I would. I'm stuck with all this bullshit out here. And actually, the ice cream's pretty good. No, you have really. But good I do ice miss Bluebell. Do you have McConnell's? Oh, yeah. It's headquartered out here. Oh, it's so good. Okay. You know what? Bryce, keep this in here. I want to go on a rant about McConnell's. <laughs> McConnell's is fucking great, but there's something wrong with their like distribution network and definitely like, they used to distribute in Brooklyn and they like then you could tell that they got worse shelf space and then they just disappeared and they're definitely not on Long Island and now we don't have McConnell's anymore. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't complain because we do have McConnell's, but I feel like whatever they send to Ralph's um out here, it's like sitting in the truck too long or something and it's always melted. Like there's always like frozen 
melted dribbles of ice cream on the sides of the cartons and like you can just tell it like got too hot and <sighs> makes me sad because i want to have fresh mcconnell's um, yeah we went to mcconnell's in santa barbara and it was so good and sea salt cookies and cream oh, amazing that sounds incredible yeah maybe i'll have some ice cream tonight okay we gotta go it's you don't late. have any halloween candy what were you for halloween uh, I was Leo Messi. Love. Yeah. Oh, it was a huge hit. Huge yeah. hit. Um, I mean, this oh, also, may... um, LSU Bama this weekend. Yes. Huge football weekend. I will be so hungover for the Bears game. Um, I will, I will make it to the bar in LA. You have an extra hour of sleep. Wait, I thought we lose an hour. No, you gain in fall. You gain. Oh. 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 I don't because my baby's going to think it's what time it is every day. Yeah. <laughs> but you will. <laughs> Uh-oh. This is trouble. Yeah, I feel... Okay, I'm going to go on a quick rant about LSU. You know, the defense looked horrendous to begin the year, but I think they're getting better, and I think If we're you win absolutely... this game, you're back in the conversation. Yeah, we're going to kill Alabama. I, I, I think they In suck. Tuscaloosa? Yeah. You, we, do you know that? Wait, I have a fun fact for you. If you win, Jaden Williams will be the second quarterback to beat Nick Saban in back-to-back seasons. You know who the first was? That's Drew Brees. Yep. Drew Brees did it at Purdue when Nick Saban was at Michigan State. Yep, nice. It's a yep. good fun fact. It is a great fun fact. Um, Jaden Daniels should be a Heisman frontrunner. Like, he's incredible. Caleb Williams' stock is going yeah he stinks he's like uh, I Woody. it's like you're a fucking loser like i'm sorry you're not even in the nfl and you're like i'm not gonna join in the side of equity i uh the cannot... amount of first round number one overall picks that have just fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah like, i want equity well, Caleb Williams loses all these big games against opponents that USC is supposed to beat, including the Notre Dame game. I was angry, pissed, so mad. Yeah, I mean, he lost to Tulane. Like, I want Tulane to be good, and they are good, but like, you lost to Tulane, bro. Yeah, and you're like, supposed to be the first overall pick in the draft. Yeah, like you're not getting equity if Mahomes is not equity. No. Um, I really cannot stand the like the USC bros that have like infested the LSU bar in LA. They're horrible. They're so stupid. They just they. Uh, I, every time I'm in line waiting to go to the bathroom at this bar, a different one like approaches me. He's like, "Oh yeah, man, like LSU's like pretty good, right?" And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Just <laughs> shut up. I'm trying to pee. Please do not come into the stall and try to do drugs while I'm in here peeing because that's happened before. I'm sure it has. That's didn't happen to me, but it happened to one of my friends. That's like we went out. Um, one of Mike's best friends is a huge Ohio State fan. And we went out for his birthday and like got a table for like this big Ohio State Notre Dame. It's like a few weeks ago. Right. And when I say there was like a... 200 to 1 like male to female ratio in this bar it's like 8 p.m <laughs> new york on like a beautiful day so like everyone had been drinking all day 
And like, mm -hmm. it was so loud. Like, I felt so old. I was like, I can't hear anybody. <laughs> I just want to talk <laughs> to you guys. And like, when it was halftime, like all this like house music came on and like, the girls go to the bathroom really quickly, but like the boys had to wait in line for the bathroom for like 45 minutes. And it was because everybody was doing stuff in the bathroom. Are there just fewer women in Gen Z? Like what happened? I think that there's like a sober culture in Gen Z. Oh no, what are they doing? They need to drink now while they're young because they're not I gonna know, be able to like, do it in their thirties. Then the next day I felt like shit and I barely drank and I couldn't hear anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know I'm old because every time I go to a bar and it's too loud, I leave because I, just... I we all we left we left at halftime. I was like, I can't be here. Like I I actually want to watch the game and be with my friends, but like this isn't the venue. Oh, Gen Z stinks. Yeah, they really they really do stink. I hope we don't have any Gen Z listeners. I don't think we do. I don't even my my family that <laughs> listens to this probably doesn't know what Gen Z is. I don't think we have any Gen Z listeners. Okay, we've gone way off the rails. Way off. We probably have to cut out the bathroom talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Bryce, I'll leave that up to you, whether you think it sounds fun or not. Um, okay, hopefully the next time we're all together, LSU will have beaten Bama, the Saints will have beaten the Bears, and we'll be happy and hungover and ready to sink our teeth into some like pizza and ice cream on Sunday night. And life will be good. Okay. Yeah, do me a favor and buy some McConnell's. Yeah. Not sponsored <laughs> ice cream <laughs> and bring it on the pod so I can eat it vicariously. Maybe I will. And if I lived in New Orleans, I would have gone to Zapardo's to buy Bluebell ice cream. Same. And I would be eating that. But unfortunately, I'm in Los Angeles. Same. Um, okay. For Sean, who's not here, and Bryce, who is made up, and Allison. I'm Jacob, and this has been Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Brew Crew Media. Until next time, who dat? Who dat? Go Tigers. Go Tigers.